Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 100, guys. 100. I'm in the triple digits now of the podcast. I brought, honestly, quite honestly, when I started this podcast almost two years ago, I never thought I'd be able to reach this point because 100 uh, episodes, 100, you know, interviews, well, some of them, they're solo episodes, but still, that's a lot of talking. And I had no idea this podcast would grow into what it has. So thank you so much for joining me for this awesome 100th episode. Uh, and of course, uh, I'm Jessica Morehouse. In, in case you're new, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, I am super pumped to celebrate this uh, milestone, I suppose. And I've got a great episode for you. I am interviewing Elle Martinez. She is the podcast host of Couple Money Podcast. And she also writes about uh, money and relationships and all of that wonderful stuff at couplemoney.com. So make sure to go over there and check it out. So we will be talking about money and relationships and her story of uh, starting her blog and then her podcast, being a stay-at-home mom, starting her business so she can be home with her kids and uh, earn an income and everything in between. So it is a fabulous uh, episode. I've got to say, I do love interviewing podcast hosts because they just are the best talkers. (laughs) So we have a bunch of fun in this episode. So uh, I'm going to stop yabbering because I also love to talk. And uh, yeah, let's just get to that episode, shall we? Okay. Okay. Thank you, Elle, for joining me on the show. I'm very excited to chat to a fellow podcaster. As am I, a fellow woman podcaster. Yeah, exactly. Fellow women podcaster. Let's be specific here. There's not a lot of us out there. I I definitely uh, love uh, chatting this up. Um, so let's go. I'm excited. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. So I want to get to know you a little bit more. Um, you are the blogger and podcaster behind Couple Money. But, uh, you know, where did this all start for you? Were you always really interested in money and personal finance? Or did that come later? What's kind of ha- – what's the deal? So when you say interest, I will say mm. I've always been interested in money, not that I handled money. Um Growing mm-hmm. up, we had – my father was a graphic artist and a, a designer, and he was definitely one of those feast or famine. So we did mm-hmm. either really mm-hmm. well some months growing up or we had to be tight with money. So I was conscious of it and aware of it. And I've been reminded many times, talking to relatives, that like I was always mm-hmm. doing these side businesses. Um, I oh, do yeah. the neighborhood recycling that was the cool mm-hmm. thing for me, apparently. Um, I had contracts. I, I liked the yeah. idea of having um, some money for things I wanted because I just felt like some months I would have an allowance, some I wouldn't. And I, mm-hmm. and I understood. I was old enough to understand yeah. that. And then later on, it was just uh, my mom and the three of us, and I knew that money was tight. So that's always been mm-hmm. in the back of my mind. Um, so on one hand, I was good about finding ways to earn money. And I, I feel um, glad about that. But I... Yeah, that's a hard thing to you learn right off the bat so early. Yeah, but the bad part is I kind of just spent that money. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I didn't have a grandma that was um, always encouraging me to save. So I, I did. And she would, you know, match something um, if I saved mm-hmm. uh, a certain amount. But when we moved away, that kind of that good support system um, was left behind. Mm -hmm. And then I I would say, you know, fast forward, I was that college student that had the credit cards 
and I was a working mm-hmm. college student. So in my mind, I had to have a car and I was tired of having my $500 beater car. So I got a car loan and then um, yeah. did really well for my first two years. I got uh, grants and scholarships, took some time off of uh, school. And then when, when I went back, I wasn't as diligent. So I had some student loans. So mm-hmm. the trifecta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Very common story. I think, you know, you go to school or, well, I mean, you know, at least you did know how to make money, which is, I think, sometimes harder to learn. Lots of people know, you know, they may master the saving and budgeting, but when it comes to, okay, well, this is as much as I can do when it comes to saving and budgeting. How do I make more money? That's always, that's not, doesn't always come so naturally to most people, I think. Yeah. And there's always like the the other side of the coin where this can be like a real blessing or a burden. And I felt like, in the back of my mind, it'll always work out, even though life mm-hmm. has taught me it doesn't always work out. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, oh, I got something and I put it on my cart. I'll, I'll pay it off. I'll find something to do. Um, and so th- I had those bad money habits in there. Mm-hmm. So what kind of happened for you to realize that you needed to do something to change your ways and um, kind of take your money management to the next level? So... This is going to sound horrible. It's a little bit of (laughs) my competitive side. I uh, met a great guy in college and we got engaged Mm -hmm. and we decided we're going to do the very adult thing of going over our finances. Oh. And I was like, you know, we were college students. So on the surface, it looked like we were on the same ground, you know, where we were. Yeah. But I discovered he had no debt except for this very small, not even one semester's worth of a student loan that he mm-hmm. was going to pay off as soon as he graduated, which he did a couple months later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that like kind of burned me. I was like, okay, I got to – I felt embarrassed mm-hmm. um, and I, that competitive side again. I was like, okay, I, I have to at least have my credit cards done by the wedding. I'm not going to come into this. Yeah. You know, with everything here, but I, I'm going to, you know, and I started hustling and doing all these side projects. I did pay it off before we get married. And that was kind of one step. And then he was a really, I, and, and I say this, you know, I always tell couples, I said, have the money talk. It might be awkward. It might be embarrassing. And this is someone who's mm-hmm. gone through it, but it's also an opportunity to find out what kind of person your your spouse is or soon-to-be spouse. And he was a great partner in that he says, when we get married, this is our debt and we're going to work out a plan. So I felt Mm -hmm. safe enough to start talking about money and that made it kind of regular part of our conversation, not that it consumed everything. But when you're more aware of, okay, this is our budget, this is what we have for the month, um, you naturally kind of shift your habits. Mm Mm-hmm. 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 And I think that's really, yeah, that's kind of a good sign, I think, of a good relationship when you feel comfortable talking about those really awkward things like money. And I remember me and my husband, I think we talked about money a little bit. And when we first started together, I was a student and he started working, but it wasn't honestly until we moved in together. And that was, I think, after five years together that we really started talking about money seriously and kind of revealing how much we had and if we had any debt and everything like that. And it really felt like you were like, that is like one of the most scary and intimate things I think we've done together. Cause you're like, you know, you're really revealing. This is all I got. <laughs> yeah. 
Don't judge me. And, and, no, exactly. <laughs> You're like, you feel judged. And I guess I was more blindsided because, you know, we did all the college things, the cheap dates and going around town and yeah. what's free. So I was like, oh, this is going to be, you know, this is going to be easy. And then, bam, mm-hmm. that comes up. Um, but, yeah, d- having those conversations, I mean, even, you know, before you decide to get married, you know, even having with your friends or your family, getting used to having conversations about money can have a, a tremendous effect. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you ever, did you encounter, I'm just wondering, cause you know, you did plan a wedding together and money comes up and uh, it's sometimes kind of a tough subject because you're already high stress cause you're planning this big event and it's very important and it's very expensive. Did you kind of, um, was it kind of smooth sailing with you and your, um, you know, then fiance or did you kind of butt heads a little bit cause you had maybe different money styles? So, I'm going to say to my credit. Um, <laughs> actually, both of us were okay with having like a very small um, wedding mm-hmm. and not even having like a, a huge reception at all, which we're actually the firstborn from both sides of our family. Uh, oh, wow. They weren't going to have that. Um, yeah. So yeah. they did. They did contribute to that. But we had a budget and we I, I felt really happy about that. That was kind of like our practice session. Uh, we were mm-hmm. looking for ways to save and still keep it a special day. And I, I think mm-hmm. that was a good opportunity. Some things we did disagree on was, um, you know, you want to look good for your, your wedding. And, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he's thinking he's such a guy in, in certain regards of <laughs> what's the cheapest. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no. What's the best value? What's going to look good that day? Um, you know, maybe you can get a suit that you can use for other occasions or so forth. You know, look and weigh at everything. And he's immediately like, okay, what's the cheapest I can get to get this, you know, get this done? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, um, the reception, I, I took a little more lead on that. Because I'm like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. we'll have some fun. We'll have this and that. Um, I, I think it was easier because... I already had the most awkward conversation ever. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, there is a freedom. Like once you know your number, yeah, it like says, okay, from here on out, I'm going to, you know, do better, make better decisions. So, um, that was something easy, but my husband is naturally a saver and I'm a spender, but now we've learned how to play off of that and play to our strengths. So you're, you know, you've had your blog for a number of years and your podcast. Let's kind of, I want to chat about that. How did you start your blog, Couple Money? Okay. So remember when I said it was competitive and I wanted to pay off debt? Um, Mm -hmm. What I did is at that time, since I was a working college student, I had a personal blog and I Mm -hmm. started kind of using that as a platform to chat with. Um, with others connecting, I remember Get Rich Slowly was out mm-hmm. there um, bargaining. Some of the um, was it cons- originals? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, consumerism commentary. I mean, I was there yeah. like reading, and I was like getting excited. I was like, "Oh yeah, I can do this net worth update." And long story short, it was so helpful to me, and I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. But my mother in law found out about it. Oh, and so I sold that. So that also helped my finances. But um, she was using it. She wasn't being malicious. Um, It was just she Mm -hmm. was really curious. And then she was asking questions. And then she was asking other family members. And it just kind of got awkward. And 
even though I write about personal finance, I always, I put life ahead of money, if that makes, Mm -hmm. you know, makes sense. No, No, absolutely. Um, So for my own peace of mind and just everything, I stopped that and then I said, okay, this is good because it was originally just a a personal blog that morphed into finance. Now, starting from day Mm -hmm. one, what do I want to talk about? And I realized Mm -hmm. at that time there wasn't like there were personal finance sites, but there wasn't anyone addressing all those awkward conversations, the money fights, um, Mm -hmm. finding that balance. And that's what I wanted. I wanted a kind of a community of people that they, they wanted to get together. They wanted to use money as a way to work together towards some kind of goal because, you know, money is the number one source of stress in a marriage and it's either number one or two, depending on the year for a reason for divorce in a marriage. And I wanted, Mm -hmm. you know, a place to kind of combat that and to change it up. And there's a lot more um, sites out there, which is great because, you know, Mm -hmm. every couple is different. And, um, you know, and hearing from other people, you know, they write in and, you know, what works for us might not work for them. And that's kind of how I set up the blog from day one, because I knew that, hey, there are certain principles in finance, but how you go about it is going to be completely different depending on your marriage. Because, again, I I put that first. So uh, can I give Mm -hmm. you an example? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like on my podcast, I had like a... I don't know. It was like the year of people getting out of debt. I had three interviews of three couples that were six figures in debt, like huge amount, um, different ways of getting there, but they all had different approaches. Like the first one, they were very like, I cannot believe we did this. We're going to get out. (laughs) They were on the same page and they worked really hard. It was a family of five and um, it still was a struggle. The mother had to go back to work. They were trying to find extra income and they got it done. And then the Mm -hmm. second one was she was – she discovered Dave Ramsey. Mm -hmm. And she was like, honey, I got it. You know, we're sick and tired of being in debt. I got a solution. We're going to do it. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. I want to get out of debt. But it was the sheer amount. He's like, listen, we have little kids. I want to still live a life. Yeah. You know, this is a special time with them. I don't want to be eating rice and beans for like, it was like six or seven years or whatever the <laughs> number she ran. Um, so she had to find a way where she started it um, and kind of led by example. And then he started incorporating it and they found their groove and they got out of debt. And then the last one, he was in credit card debt and she was aware, but she wasn't doing the finances. And that's a tip I always have. I'm Mm -hmm. like, even if you don't care about finances, you should both always know the numbers regularly. Um, Yeah. And just because of the the credit crisis and the minimum payments just shot up for him, he was like, Mm -hmm. we're going to be bankrupt in three weeks. You know, Um, and they completely had to not just redo their finances, but the conversations and rebuilding that trust. And the good news is all three as of today, as far as I know, are still together. But for them, you know, on paper, it's the same situation. They're all in debt, um, six figures, but how they came with a solution that worked for them, you know, was individual. So that's kind of how I approach couple money when I write about it. Mm -hmm. Here's the principle. Here's some ways that you can incorporate it, but you guys are going to know what's best for you too. Exactly. And I think that those are great examples because I feel like, you know, when times get tough and, you know, a couple is 
you know, approaching bankruptcy or something like, usually you would think, you know, and most couples probably do this where they kind of blame the other person for, hey, how did we get into this mess? And that's kind of where the tension happens. And that's probably what kind of leads to a separation. Whereas, yeah, the right kind of thing to do if you do, you know, really love your partner and want to stick it out is by working together and having the common goal. And because let's be honest, like I couldn't imagine trying to do that by myself. So it's, you know, easier together than apart. Yeah. And, and you know, when you're and you know this as a podcaster, sometimes mm-hmm. when people tell you their story, you on one hand are empathetic and you and you are appreciative that they're sharing their story because, you know, we can all learn from each yeah. other. And on the other hand, you kind of run it through your mind. If I was in this situation, how would I react? You know, and I, I have to be mm-hmm. honest, like in that situation, if I was the wife, I was like, oh, I, I, I don't know if I could. How would we rebuild that trust? You know? Yeah. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, what if I was him? How would I feel? You know, at what point would I come clean? And it wasn't in any of the cases that they were trying to like sabotage. You know, he wasn't gambling mm-hmm. um, or, you yeah. know, playing the lotto. It was um, lifestyle and inflation and not being aware of where it went. And so that's, you know, with personal finance, there's so many conversations that you can have, whether you're married or not. Um, that I always say, you know, ask the questions and get to the why. Uh, why did this happen? Mm-hmm. Like for me, when I was in debt and we had that conversation, um, he asked how I got into debt. And it was a lot of entitlement. Like, oh, I deserve it. You know, I've been working and mm-hmm. taking care of family and doing this. And saying it out loud and talking it over made me realize I needed to change kind of that mental tape in my head and adjust mm-hmm. that. So... I, Personal finance is so so complicated in a sense of mm-hmm. the emotions and our habits and everything that's just tied into it. Absolutely. Um, one thing I'd like to just kind of pick your brain on. So you have kids, right? Yes, two. Yes. Now, how does that change kind of the dynamic in terms of couple money. Cause I always, you know, right now, me and my husband, it's just us and, you know, we still, you know, it keeps us busy trying to track all of our spending and keeping all that organized when you kind of throw kids into the mix and you're not just spending money on each other, but you're spending it on the kids. Like how does that really change things? It was okay. It was huge in two senses. Um, mm-hmm. The first one was, well, how are we going to go about this um, in terms of, you know, will one of us stay at home? Are we going to use daycare? You know, um, are we going to both work part time? Because I heard from different couples. Um, I, I kind of knew. I don't want to say like I was mm-hmm. sure, but I knew at least for the first couple of years I wanted to be there more. Yeah. But the reality was I'm. On one hand, it's a, it's a blessing. I was self-employed, but you you know when you're the the it person, how do you divide yeah. your time and attention? And so we had to sit down and kind of talk about that, and it was tough. And believe it or not, it was tough for me. Um, mm-hmm. I guess you know, growing up, strong women in my family, the idea of not so much I would earn less, but I would just. I, I felt like, okay, I'm going to be working from home, mom. Obviously, my income's going to go down because, you know, yeah. I'm not going to be able to take as many projects. I can't do those last minute deadlines when I was like a freelance writer. You know, mm-hmm. um, 
I think for me, I, it, I needed those nine months kind of to make yeah. peace with that. Um, what helped was that he was supportive. He's like, the, the worst thing that happens is you don't like it and we do something else. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you need to go back to work, then, you know, that's what we'll do. And I think that helps when you kind of had that pressure like, okay, I'm not going to commit to this forever. We're, we'll just see. Um, that helped. And then the reality of, and only one person warned me about this, is <laughs> having one kid, that changes. When you have two kids, your time is crazy, like crazy spent. Yeah. Um, so I will say like the last, not last year and a half, my, my second one is 19 months, has been difficult mm-hmm. in terms of income because I just had yeah. to do less projects. Um, and yeah. that also was another motivation for doing the podcast, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> because I had heard from readers. They're like, I need this information, but I just don't have time to read it. And I kept hearing mm-hmm. it for years. And someone's like, hey, you should do a podcast. You should do a podcast. And I was so nervous. You're never happy with your own voice. <laughs> You're like, well, what makes me qualified to do this? But mm-hmm. being pregnant, I realized someone's like, this is an opportunity to connect with people and kind of set your own schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, so pregnancy and all, I launched a couple money podcasts while I was uh, pregnant and it's been wow. a crazy ride. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that's that's intense. Like starting a podcast on its own is intense. I couldn't imagine doing it while you're you know planning to have a second little one into the world. Wow. Props to you. Thank you. you. Yeah. Um, Would I do it again? I don't know, but I'm glad I am glad I made the leap. Um, Mm -hmm. Podcasting has been like a a great opportunity to kind of connect with readers that maybe I've heard from emails, but now, you know, they can listen to me and we can chat, you know, social media, but then I get to pick the brains of, you know, people that are interesting um, that have, you know, accomplished something, um, and just learn, you know, conversation. You can mm-hmm. pick up so much on that. Absolutely. No, I absolutely love podcasting. Obviously, I get to talk to special people like you Aww. and pick your brain. And, <laughs> you know, and, and it's, you know, it's one thing to have a blog and share your journey, but it's it's quite another just to, you know, find out the stories of other people. Because everyone, you know, you would think that you'd run out of things to talk about when it comes to like personal finance, because it's, you know, there's only so many things you need to know, really. But, you know, everyone has a different journey, a different story and a different perspective. And I think that's the kind of cool thing about personal finance finance podcast. Yes, it is. <laughs> and, and you're right. Cause when you, you're writing down information and you're passing on like, Oh, I already talked about getting out of debt. You know, you've been doing it yeah. for years. Um, but when you're doing an interview and you're chatting with someone and getting to know their why and their how, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's always fascinating to me. Absolutely. Um, okay. So I want to kind of pick your brain now on a couple things. I'm thinking if a couple is, you know, in the boat where they're in a committed relationship, maybe they're thinking about marriage. What are some, you know, kind of awkward money conversations they should absolutely have before leaping into uh, an, or, you know, wedding planning and, and leaping into a, an even bigger commitment? Well, I, I definitely think you should know, um, I call them the numbers, uh, like mm-hmm. your, your overall net worth, getting the big picture, and then also understanding what debts do you have and what assets you have. Um, 
But I don't think you have to necessarily start off with that because I know sometimes it's very sensitive, no. um, or, you know, very private. And depending on your background, you're like, oh, no, I'm, I'm being judged. So my mm-hmm. suggestion is maybe starting out with why. Um, and someone was asking, well, how do, how do I introduce that And when I'm dating someone and it's getting serious? I said, well, start with their goals and their dreams. Like, mm-hmm. you know, where are you working now? But where do you see yourself in a few years? What would you like to do? If money wasn't an object. Yeah. Um, because besides with the finances, you kind of want to know if the person you're with, um, and I don't mean ambitious in a sense of they, they want to be CEO or a founder of something. Yeah. But you want to know they have some kind of drive towards something. Um, mm-hmm. Especially if you're someone who has a lot of energy to kind of get some commonality. Um, and then, mm-hmm. okay, so, you you know, say if you you want to start a business, well, how do you think that's going to work out? Maybe like have them come up with a very high level plan of how much money they need to save. And then you might start hearing, well, I've already started saving up or you might find out that, yeah, I don't want to say bad dreamers, but Mm -hmm. you know, that they're just a dreamer. You know, Mm -hmm. there's people that Mm -hmm. um, dream and um, follow through on that. And then there's people you talk about, even when you hear about their finances, oh yeah, I'm going to, you know, finally make a big break on this, but there's no plan behind it. Um, Mm -hmm. definitely want to poke around, but sometimes when I've talked to couples and I've heard their stories, it's a little easier going from the, you know, what are your goals and dreams approach and then easing into the numbers. Like, where are you now? How long do you think it'll take to get there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how early in your opinion, do you think people should kind of approach the subject of money when they're dating? So... That's a good question. I would say, okay. So there's like at some point where like who pays for what date? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think when you start like, okay, we can't do this every week. um, You know, bring that up. Like, you know, you take me on date. I love it, but I don't, I realize, you know, you have a budget and, and bills. Maybe we can work something out and just kind of ease into that. Like maybe come up coming up with a plan like, oh, I'll, I'll come up with a date, date night or so forth. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get an idea of maybe they'll be relieved and then or <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or maybe they're like, oh, um, no, 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 no. I'm good. And they always, you know, they're always pulling out the credit card. How is that getting paid? I think when you start yeah, asking exactly. those questions and, you know, in the back of your mind, just ask them out loud and just gent- gentle prod. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And usually in my experience, when you're the first person to kind of broach the subject of money, they're, they are usually relieved because they didn't want, they want to talk about it, but they didn't want to be the one to bring it up because they're afraid of how you would react. Yeah. And I, I know no one wants to seem like a, a cheapskate or, uh, yeah. you know, obsessed with money, but there, there's like a healthy middle ground. So, you know, touching on that. And I, I think your gut usually tells you like, in the back of your mind, you're wondering something, you know, like, mm-hmm. well, how can he or she afford this all the time? You know, like in our situation, mm-hmm. um, if he, we, we were working college students, you know, if we were starting to go to, like to the country club, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. for our dates, well, uh, you, you sure this is okay with your budget? You know, um, yeah. when you start having those questions in your head, I would say, ask them out loud. Go yeah, for it. Exactly. 
Exactly. It'll be worth it. It's awkward, but it's like a Band-Aid. It hurts at first and then it's fine. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm not saying every like woman thinks about that, but it's not being a gold digger. It's not being mm-hmm. um, bossy or nosy. Um, but I, I think you should both be um, comfortable talking about money. And if, you know, if you decide to get married, you know, down the line, have that foundation while you're dating. Yeah, exactly. It'll make, you know, all those kind of things that pop up, the the hard things, a lot easier to handle. And you'll kind of approach it more as a team. And, and there won't be any surprises. Like, that's the one thing that I'm super thankful for because we started talking about money kind of early in a relationship um, is there weren't any big surprises. It wasn't like, oh, you oh, you bought a motorcycle? Uh, when did you want? You know what I mean? Like we would definitely have a conversation about any big purchases and we know we're on the same page and there's, you know, kind of nothing really to, you know, we don't really argue about money because we kind of know where we're at because we, you know, make sure it's a kind of a regular conversation. And I guess that's probably another suggestion you have, kind of checking up on uh, things on the regular. So I'm a big fan. I call them money dates um, mm-hmm. where you kind of sit down and, you know, I guess that you can call it a net worth review, but that's boring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, <laughs> I like money yeah. date. <laughs> well, when you start off, it's going to be a little bit more about the numbers. But like now we We'll go out. Maybe it's a date in. Um, and it takes 15, mu- 15 minutes to actually look mm-hmm. at the numbers. Once you, you know, once you get into, you, you're spending kind of, I don't want to call it a rut, but there's the regular expenses and it might vary a little bit. So it's more to make sure everything's good. And, and it serves two purpose. Um, mm-hmm. You should always know your numbers, but sometimes in some couples, they'll have one person just do the day-to-day finances, right? And and they're good. But for some reason, something might get out of control. Like for the Mm -hmm. the example, the the guy that had the six figures of debt, um, it was nothing malicious on his part. He wanted to be uh, a good provider Mm -hmm. um, and it just snowballed. And her not being aware of it um, made it worse. So it really is a it's a loving thing to kind of sit down, even if one of you is better with numbers, even if one of you is like, oh, my goodness, you know, I love doing this. Uh, This is my thing. You know, the Mm -hmm. relationship deserves for both of you to have an equal say and have an equal understanding. And I know I'm just going to go morbid here. But if should something happen. No, it's true. It's so true. Something happen. There's already so much to think about. Make sure your spouse knows where the accounts are, how to access it if they don't already, um, and know what the balance is so they can take care of what they need to take care of, especially if you have kids, please. That's um, Mm -hmm. a, a big tip. Sorry, I went dark there. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I, I honestly, that was the, one of the first things I remember reading in a personal finance book when I was like in my early twenties, and it was like the reason. And this is an older book, clearly, because it was talking about how as a woman you want to know about personal finances. So if your husband dies, you won't be like, oh, where's all our money? Um, and it's true. Like that's why you, you should absolutely both know what is going on. So if you know, God forbid the you know, worst happens. It's not like, oh, I don't even know the pin to our account, you know? Yeah. And and also if, you know, not even if the worst happens, but say, mm-hmm. say if it's the, the wife and she is just slammed that month, yeah. you know, it's a That's partnership. True. Hey, can you take care of these bills? 
you know, I, exactly. I forgot to take care of them if you don't haven't automated them already. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I feel like your your money should reflect your marriage. It should be a partnership. Um, you're each mm-hmm. going to have strengths. So I can see definitely, you know, divvying it up based on your interests. But you should also both be aware of what's going on, what's coming in and what's going out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think those are some really valuable tips. That money date thing, that's something that I definitely need to implement again. We're kind of on and off and then you get busy, but I think it's important to put it in that calendar and don't, you know, just actually do yeah, it. Yeah, and have fun with it. Like we, uh, <laughs> And have fun with like it. Have some wine, like maybe some night. nice cheese. It's always yeah. Fun. Yeah, exactly. Make it a fun, like something to look forward to almost like a nice kind of time just to, you know, chat and look at your finances and then sit back and be like, oh, I'm so glad we're good. Yeah, and, and, you know, you uh, you talk about money and, and life and balance. That's what money does mm-hmm. is when you're taking mm-hmm. care of it, it helps you get to your life goals, your personal, professional, you know, the, the goals you share. Um, most cases, you need money in some form. So, you know, exactly. for your money date, yes, talk about the money, but also remind yourself of the why you're saving. You know, whoa, we're mm-hmm. stocking money away for retirement or we're stocking money and savings. That's great. But why are you doing it? Oh, yeah, because I'm going to start a business or maybe I want a baby. Maybe I want both, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that keeps you motivated, too. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Elle, for joining me. I am kind of pumped for my husband to come home and me <laughs> yes. to be like, hey, we have some things to talk about. Great. great. <laughs> I had so much fun. Thank you. You're welcome. And that was episode 100 of the Mo Money podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to check out the show notes for more information about Elle, her story, some important things you need to know at jessicamorehouse.com slash 100. And of course, check out her fabulous website, couplemoney.com and her podcast, the Couple Money Podcast. Uh, to learn more about couple money and money and relationships and everything in between, you will love it. Promise. Episode 100, guys. We made it to episode 100. How crazy is that? And to celebrate, I have a iTunes review that just came in right in the nick of time. So I can share it and a shout out on this episode. So uh, thank you so much to Tiny Scooter One from Canada. They say, this is the first financial podcast I've ever listened to, and it is still my favorite. Thank you, Jessica, for this newfound hobby. And thank you so much for making me a more financially responsible person. Uh, thank you so much, Tiny Scooter One. You made my day. If you want to also make my day because it's episode 100 and, uh, I feel positive and happy and, you know, I could do, I would like some podcast reviews if you would like to make me feel extra good today. So all you have to do is go on iTunes, go on the app, go on the desktop, whatever you want to do. Takes two seconds to give me a review and I will give you a shout out on a future episode. I would love to say hello and thank you for your review. So so, uh, yeah, if you've got a few extra seconds to spare, please do. Uh, now, I do not have a listener series episode for tomorrow. I do have a couple coming up, but not tomorrow. So I will see you back here next Wednesday. And, uh, yeah, have a fabulous rest of your week. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.